Let's pray. Jesus, we acknowledge that you're here this morning. It says where two or three are gathered there, I am in their midst. And so we, we acknowledge your presence. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, King Jesus. God, no one is here by, my, by mistake but by your choosing, predestined to be here at this time, in this place, in this generation for a specific purpose. So I pray, Lord, a rhema word that you would speak individually to each one of us today through your word. May it cut deep, Lord. May we leave changed, never to be the same. And if you agree with that prayer, all God's people said, Amen. 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 You know, in September, Tyler and I will make 14 years married. by the goodness and the grace of God. Sorry guys, this seems just so unnatural. Doesn't it feel? It's like... Okay, I wanna stand right here, is that good? And what I've learned quickly and over time about relationships is that relationships require work. Like Tyler said, effort, right? If we want the fruit of a healthy, strong relationship, a thriving relationship, we're going to have to invest. When you have a savings account, you don't just put this money in the savings just one time, right? The you, you add, you add to the savings, you add to the savings and it grows and it gets bigger and it gets stronger. Same in our relationships, our relationship with our spouse, if we want it to grow. The Bible study you did in year one and year two, that's not going to, that's not going to work anymore in year 10. You, you got to keep putting in, you got to keep investing, looking for ways to build, to add value, to get stronger. Same with your, your children. If we want a strong, thriving relationship, if when we blink and they turn 16, because I suppose I've been hearing that's what happens, right? They just grow so quick. And you want them to have conversation with you, you got to start that when, when they're small, you got to have conversations and, and invest. And same with our relationship with God. So... Friday nights, normally Tyler and I have, um, we just take a little bit time to spend time to, with each other. Like that's, we invest in our relationship. So Friday nights we're like, okay, this is date night. It's going to happen on the couch. I'm sure that's for everybody right now because of the pandemic. But anyway, so the other Friday night, um, I come out from putting the kids to bed. It's like nine o'clock. You know, we're usually tired by then and everything else, but we're putting in the effort. We're like, Friday night, let's get together, you know, let's talk stories, even if we talk stories for 45 minutes and, and just hang out. And so he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, why don't we um, do a, a marriage Bible study? And he's like, oh, okay. Not something I say quite often. But to be honest, the weeks prior, the two, three weeks prior, has been a little you know, up and down 
We weren't riding the same wave. Our communication wasn't on point. We weren't close. And so in my spirit, I thought, oh, you know, this might help. Come on, like, just invest, do something. So he pulls up. We have this media library that has uh, just a plethora of Bible studies and all this stuff. Well, he pulls up the marriage one. has like a hundred different things on Bible studies. He goes, oh, did you have one in mind? I was like, just look at the titles. Pick one that looks good. Right? And so there's that tension and there's, there's just spiritual warfare going on. And um, so he picks one, and mind you, this library that we have, it's free. And so he's looking at it, and he goes, a, a thing pops up, and it says, you need to do an assessment. And he clicks on the assessment, and he goes, oh, it costs $35. I was like, no, it's not. It's free. He goes, no, there's an assessment before the Bible study, and that's $35. And so as I'm thinking it through in my head, like, $35, you go to Foodland and buy Poke Bowls for $35. Like, don't think about it. Do the, sp- spend the money, invest what you need to invest, do the thing, right? And so I'm like, about to say, oh, is it, you know, we'll do the $35, do the assessment. He goes, per person. I was like, what? $35 per person? And so we talk ourselves out of buying the assessment. We're like, we'll just do the video. You know, maybe they're talking about the assessment in the video. I mean, it's fine. It's like, you know, and if later we decide we like what they're talking about, they seem like reputable, you know, people, then we'll, maybe we'll get the assessment after. We're like, this is wisdom. Click on the thing. We watched two episodes. They gave us some good nuggets, you know, about relationship and investment and all this stuff. But they kept talking about the assessment. <laughs> but this is what he said when he said, oh, it's $65. And I'm thinking about it. He goes, what is our marriage worth to you? <laughs> Which was kind of a loaded question at the time because of the state of our relationship. And part of me wanted to, like, cry and break down. But we, we just started laughing. We were like, oh, my gosh. And we took it a little lightly. And it opened up whatever was going on and, you know, building and connecting again. And it was, it was funny. But I walked away that night and I thought to myself, what am I willing to invest What am I willing to invest? Because to be honest, in my relationship, sometimes I keep score. There's many times where I say, I'll give 50 if you give 50. There's other times where I I don't invest nothing. I shut down emotionally, maybe for a day, maybe for a week. And I say, I'm not going to put in the bucket. Can I be honest? Has anybody else ever failed in that area in, where you know that if you put in the investment, it's going to turn around and give you dividends? It's just a fact that what we reap, we sow. If we plant, we're going to grow fruit, right? What are we willing to invest? Hallelujah. Let's talk about the one who invested it all. Jesus because that's who I really want to talk about today. Hebrews 12.2. It says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. For the joy set before him endured the cross. To me, that meant he, he was like, I, I know what it takes. I know the hard work that it's going to take. But you know what? I'm going to do it. Because I know what the, the, the result is going to be. 
and may that be our heart, scorning the shame and instead is now seated at the right hand of God. What an example. Jesus is such an example to us. He's such an example to me that he doesn't keep score, that he doesn't give 50-50. No, he gives 100% every time, all of the time. That's who our God is. He's fully committed to you and I. Jesus wants to be close to us. He invested it all. I realized that I am as close to God as I choose to be. Jesus chose to be close to us. He created all things. He created man. He, the beautiful garden. And then when we messed that up, he built the tabernacle so that he could walk with his people. And then later on down the line, he left his throne. King Jesus came down to be so close to us. He did everything he needed to be close to us. So the question today is how close do you want to be to Jesus? He's close to us. He's here. The word says where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Jesus is even here. He desires for us to be close to him. The word says, draw unto me and I will draw unto them. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He's saying, come close. Let's open the word. If you're taking notes this morning, write down the word Eden. God challenged me during this pandemic. I was running one morning um, before church online, and he said, don't miss it, Tosh. He said, get close. Deeper. Abide. Refuge. I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close. Like, I talk to you all the time. You know, I read your word in my coming and my going. I teach my children your ways. I'm close. He goes, no. You might be. But man, there's another layer. Go deeper. And in this time, in this generation, that he's chose you and I to be in, oh man, we need to be real close. Hallelujah. You believe that? Let's open the word to Genesis chapter 2. So I got the word Eden. Okay, and then it was followed by an acronym. But we'll start with Eden. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, it says, um, and when the Lord God, when the Lord God made, 4 to 8, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and no shrubs of the field had yet, had yet appeared on the earth and no plants of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no man to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. I mean, the waters that 
flooded up from up within the four river heads that flowed in the middle of Eden it says that there was gold and um, onyx is that what the word pastor J onyx and it was just I mean the plants and the trees and the, the fruits that were good for eating and the cool of the day just meditate with me what Eden would have been like what Eden must have been like but the first thing that pops out to me that I want to take note is that everything up to this point that God had made he had spoken into existence right and we might have heard this before but the minute God decided to make mankind he touched us let that connect with you right now that your God wants to be so close to, to you that he leaned over and picked up the dust and he formed the man and then he breathed his breath the breath of life into his very being you have the breath of life in you in the Greek that breath that breath of life means pneuma and that translates to spirit we are a living being in other words you are far more important to God than any creature or anything created Jesus loves you and he wants to be also close to you is that good news It reminds me of Matthew 6:26 where he says, "You know, the, I feed the birds of the air, I clothe the lilies in all its beauty, but you are far more important than all those things. You're special to God, and he came close to you, and he wants you to get close to him. Just think for a minute, Eden, a place that God intentionally created to present an atmosphere where Adam and Eve could have a close relationship with God. Did you get that? So let's look at the relationship with God that Adam and Eve had. How close were they to their father? Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife heard... Everybody say heard. heard. The sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard. Somebody say heard. heard. You in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. They were so close to God that they recognized his voice. I tell my kids all the time, I am the sheep. I am the shepherd. You are the sheep. And I say it with, with strength, usually when they're not listening. And I like, get in the shower. I'm like, I'm the sheep. And I go play outside, falling on the ground. I'm the sheep, shepherd. You are the sheep. What am I telling them? That as your parent, you hear my voice. And you follow me you recognize who is speaking to you and you obey amen, amen. John 10 27 talks about that let's go there 
It says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Mid-year checkup. If you cannot hear the voice of God, then how will you be able to follow Him? We cannot expect to have, to have a relationship with God and communion with Him just occasionally. You know how when you, 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 get, you have a good friend and then you know, see them a long time and then you see them after a long time you never really talk to them and you just hit it off, it was like no problem, right? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I could come to church Sunday and oh, next Sunday, oh, it's, just, it's good again, man, worship was good, the word was good, everything was good. That's, yeah, that's kind of, maybe, maybe somebody might say, oh, that's kind of how it is with me and Jesus. That hasn't worked for us up until this point. We cannot be an occasional Christian. Amen? A passive, intermittent approach to our relationship with God has cost us too many things. I mean, I, I feel like there, Pastor Jay said this just recently, that we have to take some of the responsibility of what's happening out in the world, of what's happening in our marriages, what's happening in our churches and in our relationships. The state of, our, the, state of the world Maybe if we get just a little bit closer to God. The most important relationship in your life is built on small, consistent deposits of time. Catch this one. This is a good one. Okay? Consistent. Not random availability. That we would hear the voice of God on a regular basis. When you read about the seven churches in Revelations, over and over again, you hear them say, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Come on, church. All I'm trying to get to you this morning in point one is that God wants us so close to move in a little closer that we would be sheep hearing the shepherd's voice. And when God says, go this way, we go this way. And when God says, go over there and do that, we go over there and there, do that. That we wouldn't be distracted and confused about the, the, the messages that are coming in our head, but that we would be so on point, so focused, clear vision and so in line with our Heavenly Father, the Shepherd, so in communion with Him that we would hear His voice. Thank you, Lord, that we would be people that recognize Your voice. Amen. The second thing I noticed about Adam and Eve in their relationship in the garden was that they feared Him. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden, this is Adam, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. If you dig into that word afraid, it actually translates to be fear. He feared God. A reverent, holy honor of fear. That's what I gather from their relationship. 
I think the fear of God needs to be added back into the church. Man, is there a difference between the church and the world in regards to fear of the Lord? The world should be able to look at our lives and see that we're the bride of Christ. That we're sanctified. That we're set apart for His use and for His glory. Amen. Completely set apart. Distinction. When you see a ring on a bride's finger, you know that they're taken. The people of the world know that you are taken by God, by the love of your life. I went to the gas station the other day. I went to my mom's and I realized I needed gas, so I go and I get some gas. And um, I wasn't working that day. So I pull up behind this guy and I, I start pumping gas and he starts talking stories with me and you know, it's all good. Then he finished pump gas. He puts on, he goes in his car, puts on his mask, comes out and comes to my car and continues to have a conversation with me until I'm done pumping gas. And he finishes the conversation with, oh, you know, what are you doing in your free time? And I'm like cracking up, like free time? <laughs> I was like, I have four kids and I homeschool them and, you know, yada, yada. But my point is this. I didn't have my wedding ring on. And he was a kind gentleman that had come over because he didn't know the distinction. He didn't know that I was taken. He, he asked me if I was married. Does the world need to even ask? Or do we have the bride of Christ written all over us, sanctified, for his use and for his glory. Do we wear the mark that we are a holy people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood? When we get closer to God, we're going to look a lot less like the world and a lot more like Jesus. Come on, man. We need that right now. The world needs that right now. The world doesn't even know that they need that right now. But they need it. They need you and I to look, to sparkle so bright, to shine so bright for Jesus. The fear of the Lord is going to do that for us. When we get close to God, the fear of the Lord is going to resonate and rise up inside of us. Let's turn to Ephesians 5. Is this okay? Ephesians 5. Hmm. This is... Paul, in Ephesians 5, this is Paul writing to the saints, faithful to Jesus Christ. So if that's you today, if you are here as a child of God, and you would say, I'm, I'm a faithful saint of Jesus, that's me. Then this is for you. This is Jesus, his word, speaking directly to you. Amen, are you ready? a little lengthy. Be imitators of God. And just keep in the front of your mind, I'm getting close to God and I want the fear of God. 
Okay? This is what's going to sanctify us. So that we look a lot more like Jesus. Be imitators of God. I wrote down what an imitator was. But I'll keep reading. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for, the, for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no moral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, as any inheritance in has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sanctify us, Lord. Sanctify us by your word. John 17, 7. Sanctify us by your word. Your word, by your truth. Your word is truth. This is the truth of God's word. This is the instructions that he's given us. To live a life close to him. This is going to be the fruit of what comes out of us. The things that are not of God are slowly, are, are going to be um, gone to the wayside. And the things that need to rise up in us, thanksgiving is what's going to rise up inside of us. To hear the voice of God and to have fear of God. An imitator, it says, be imitators of God. An imitator is a person that copies the behavior of another or copies the actions. Man, there's so much we can learn from Jesus. There's so many ways we can copy what he's done, how he's acted, how he's responded in different situations. Hallelujah, Lord. Let us be imitators of Christ. That's our prayer. Is that your prayer this morning? So I have an acronym for the word Eden. As we get close to God, this is what he gave me. I was running. I just felt like this is so cool. I was running on a treadmill, and he's like, get close to me, get closer. And then boom, I got this. E, elevate the name of Jesus. Psalms 81.1. I'm sorry. Psalms 89.1. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. And this is something that's really helped me during this pandemic. To elevate, because there's so many things we can elevate, right? 
I mean, we're in the mainland, and um, my father-in-law guys, they have TV, and so immediately when they wake up in the morning, the TV's on. Late at night, the TV's on. I mean, right before they hit the, the pillow, the TV's on. And so you're inundated with the news and everything that's going on around the world, whether they realize it or not. In my, from my perspective, it was like we were elevating all of that. Elevate the name of Jesus. I mean, we are constantly singing the praises of Jesus in my home. And the other day I was washing dishes. Like I said, you know, we kind of had a, we were in a funk for a little while. And so I'm like washing dishes, all grouchy. You know, definitely not thinking about things that are lovely, things that are pure, things of good report. And so I'm just having a moment. And my son, two-year-old, comes by and he's going. And I taught him the yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But he's two, so he's like figuring it out. So he comes around the corner and he's going, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And he's going like this. And, and it pierced through me. And it cut. Oh, how much better it is when we elevate the name of Jesus instead of elevating our thoughts. Elevate the name of Jesus than the, than the lie that the enemy is trying to tell you. He's under your feet in Jesus' name. He has no authority in your life. You elevate the name of Jesus. And as we go out and witness, may we be a people that elevates him more now than ever before. May we be talking about the things of God. When people want to bring up COVID-19 and this and that, many ways for you to slip in Jesus right then and there. Get him in there. Elevate the name of Jesus. The second one was D, dig into God's word. Memorizing scripture with my children has strengthened not only their walk, but my walk with God. I mean, the word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So when we choose to get close to God and meditate on his scripture and tuck it in our heart, the Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. The Holy Spirit works inside of us if we allow. And, but we've got to give him something to work with. Dig into his word, people of God. Get stronger, get strengthened, get rooted, get attached to the vine. I love when Pastor Jay, he always preached about being attached to the vine because what happens when we are attached to the source that has living water, that has strength, we bear much fruit in Jesus' name. The way that we have been able to raise our children thus far has only been by the grace of God. And by the power of his word. It's good stuff. Dig into the word. Dig into the word. Managing the business for um, the company that I work with has been only... I, I testify that it is because of the scripture that I speak out of my mouth every time I'm in that office. I mean, I got scripture posties everywhere about the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Dig into God's word. E, 
So we got E, D, and E. E is eradicate sin. Such a strong word. But I think it's important. I think that sin has been watered down. I've, I've, I've been, um, you know, put, you putting sin in categories, in levels, and saying, oh, well, you know, that's not as bad as this, and that's not as bad as this, or, hmm, you know? And, and although there are different consequences for different types of sin, or for different things, the reality as people of God, right now, right here, as we get close to God, has, like, that's all just irrelevant to the fact that sin is missing the mark. Okay? So when we think of it like that, there's always a place where you and I can be closer to God. So today, commit to, figure, to asking the Lord, what is it today? Where am I missing the mark that's going to get me closer to you tomorrow? And the last one was N. Know that God is doing a new thing. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Don't let the past keep you stuck. Like Lot's wife, she looked back. Okay? There's moments where we look back to know where we came from. But that's it. Just a glimpse. Don't look back there. There's nothing back there for you. It's all in front of you. God is doing a new thing. His mercies are new every morning. Cling to the truth and allow that truth to be a fresh and a brand new start to your walk. Every day. My feet hit the ground and I say, Lord, your mercies are new for me today. Your grace is enough that I need just for today. I didn't get all I did, wanted to get done tomorrow, but for today, I mean, how good to have that perspective that, man, today is a new day. Amen. Whatever I had going on with my hubbies last, yesterday, that's, psh, slay that at the feet of Jesus. Today is a new day. I missed the mark yesterday with God. Today, you know what? Let me take communion. Let me remember your sacrifice. Guess what? You can take communion at home. Amen? Let's do it. Let's remember the sacrifice and connect with the fact that our sins are paid for. We walk in the blood today. Hallelujah. And finally, the promises of God are in front of you. Don't look back. The Lord has something in, in front of you. New mercies, new grace, new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and ultimately new revelation. Let's pray.